And welcome to the Around the League podcast from UGASports.com. We have new toys. I, and we have that new was awesome. Tools. <laughs> uh, I don't know if we're as epic as the music that preceded us, but here we are with Around the League uh, week five here in the SEC. We're brought to you by our friends at Connor Grading and Lanescaping. They're based in Monroe, Georgia. We'll tell you more about them throughout the show. I'm Dane Young from UGASports.com. That's Jim Donnan, the former UGA head coach on the College Football Hall of Famer, fresh off the tennis court, which should be a win, Coach. I hope you won out there. Yeah, I had a good time. And Brent, Brent Rollins from Pro Football Focus is with us as well, and he is uh, my co-author on Film Don't Lie at UGASports.com. This is Around the League, where weekly we look at what's going on in the SEC, break down the matchups of the week to come, and it is quite a doozy this week. I mean, this is our best slate of games in the SEC, so we start in the natural place, primetime game uh, between big-name opponents in the country. Coach, UConn at Vandy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the game I've really been worried about all week. Uh, I saw where Vandy's a big favorite in this game, too. So, uh, you know, UConn, their coach uh, went out there this week and painted a goal line in his driveway so he could practice passing it on his way to work uh, so he could get you know, across the goal line. I feel sorry for both teams right now, but, you know, it's just what it is. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, I got to go with the home team, Bandy. I mean, you get all that big crowd, they're going to have a Dudley feel. That'll be the difference. Raucous environment. Raucous environment, indeed. Yeah, we're not actually going to do a lot of breakdown of that game, just frankly, because uh, I don't That's know. That's probably say. it, actually. Yeah. 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 So, so we've knocked <laughs> that one out. We've got the, we've got that out of the way. Uh, we're going to get to to where the athletes well, are. Dane, are you going with the uh, Commodores? Give me the doors. I'll do it. Come on, Clark Lee. I'll take the doors. Yeah, I'm going with the doors too. Uh, we're not doing a watch-along show for that one, by the way. Our watch-along show uh, for Arkansas and Georgia, which is the game that we'll start with here because it's the first in terms of time. Uh, it will be on the same YouTube channel, on the same Facebook page. Saturday, we'll get started about 11.45 a.m. Eastern time, and uh, you can watch Arkansas versus Georgia with us. Brent, I'd like to start with you with Georgia games because Coach and I, we talk about it a lot on Tuesdays. Number eight, Arkansas, add number two, Georgia. This is, a, this is a big one for both teams. It's a big one, and you know what's amazing about this this weekend is it's not just this game. Like This is a massive weekend in all of college football. I mean, you got a Big Ten Iowa going on the road in an undefeated matchup on Friday. You got three basically top ten matchups, uh, you know, with Alabama, Ole Miss, Georgia, Arkansas, and then uh, Cincinnati and Notre Dame. You've got Kentucky maybe having its biggest home game in a long time. You've got Clemson, you know, just kind of dragging, and maybe Boston College just puts the full nail in the coffin. And them. it's just a great weekend for college football. But obviously, noon Georgia, Arkansas. The interesting thing about this game, most interesting thing about this game is rarely do you find this outside of the, you know, Auburn that you play every year. Two years in a row, you're playing a West, the same West opponent. And I think that the familiarity there and the fact that it's the same coaching staff, coach, I know that kind of lends to a little bit different vibe than maybe normal with the West opponent. Yeah, I mean, it helps that they played against that look last year. You know, they change it up a little bit uh, week to week and, uh, you know, uh, 
The one thing about it, uh, Barry Odom's up for the Hall of Fame, and I really don't understand how, based on what they did last year. They lost a lot of games that they could have won if their defense would have showed up. But, you know, this year, because they're running that funky defense, they all of a sudden he invented football. So uh, I don't know what the deal is. He's a dang good coach, and but I don't think he's uh, going to play on Saturday. Uh, and certainly – it's going to be interesting to see how those guys play in this kind of environment. This is the first time they've really been on the road. They went to a neutral site and played there in uh, Dallas, but they're, they're going to come into uh, Sanford Stadium. I look for Georgia's defense to just swarm them and make them get the third down. You know, they're, uh, one thing we talk about in coaching is you look at a team's third down efficiency, and uh, they're uh, next to last in the league in third down. So that just shows you when they have to throw the ball, they have a hard time doing it. So we got to get them uh, behind the sticks and get after them. But, you know, uh, I just think it's a case of uh, don't give up the big play, uh, don't turn the ball over, and we can uh, we can do okay with these guys. Brent, one thing I've noticed in watching Arkansas is it is a team that if you're Arkansas's opponent, you do not want the Razorbacks to get a lead because they're so good with uh, kind of the short rushing game, ball control, kind of clock control, and, and possession overall. Is that what you've seen, especially in the games against Texas and Texas A&M? Yeah, and you got five guys at least with uh, with at least over 100 yards right now. You got your quarterback KJ Jefferson, who I think is. Uh, one of the top three in terms of rushing grade QBs in, in all of college football and averaging like six yards per uh, after contact per attempt as a quarterback. That's kind of unheard of. So it's not like he's going to beat you with just elite speed, game-breaking type ability, but he's going to just make – he's hard to tackle. He's a big guy. But Coach's point about third down was awesome, and it's actually some of the numbers uh, that I had coming into this game. Jefferson's of his 88 dropbacks, only 25 have been on third down. And on those third down dropbacks, he has a 60.9 passing grade. On third and long, that's only 19 dropbacks. He has a 55.3 passing grade. So like Coach said, I think Georgia's going to put them into that situation often. And the other thing with Georgia in this game, I, I think back to the last three years of Georgia football. Who's beat you? Five NFL quarterbacks and a five-turnover game. So – there, to me, there's you know KJ is not that yet. KJ Jefferson is not that yet. He might evolve into that, but he's not that yet. And short of like Coach said, uh, turning the ball over an insane amount of times, I think this is a game that Georgia handles its business. I I liken this game a lot like Tennessee last year, where Tennessee hit a couple of long passes to Palmer, uh, and you know got you know fourteen seventeen ish. You know got some got some points off of that. Arkansas might get a few of those because Trey Burks is an animal and the best receiver in the conference. Uh, but outside of that, I think George is going to take care of his business. Coach, what do you see from uh, just Arkansas's defense? We've seen they've played so many multiple groups. And I ask you this on Tuesday in a way, so I'll ask it a little bit of a different way. Um, when Barry Odom is bringing those different fronts, is it more about responding to what they do, or does Georgia dictate offensively what it wants to do? Well, a little bit of both. I mean, they got three transfers in there playing uh, in, in the middle for them on their three down guys, but they do a good job of bringing off the edge and mixing up their fronts as far as who's coming and who's not as far as their backers. Uh, you know, it's a 3-2-6 look instead of a 3-3-5. Three, three, I mean, they, they really got two guys there in the middle and then everybody's dispersed. But I think the main thing for uh, talking about uh, Georgia – you know, when I play a team that I'm not sure how they're going to line up, it really hurts you when you line up in multiple looks 
around because you don't ever know where they're going to respond. So just line up and see where they are and then go get them because we go against better players in practice. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if we're better, that much better, but at least as good in practice going against our defense every day. So just got to go out there and execute. I know uh, been some talk about uh, Daniel's arm being sore and everything like that. Well, well, if it is, hand it to those backs, lather them up. Because, uh, I think we can run right at these guys. My final point on this game, and this is what I love about college football. So we're, we're in week five. We're a month into the season. And a lot of the things that we thought preseason are not coming true this year. In previous years, they have. But if you would have told me that Georgia's toughest game in the first five games would be Arkansas rather than Clemson, and maybe that doesn't turn out to be the case, but it sure looks that way heading into this week. Uh, that was a Clemson team with Breezy, uh, with Murphy. Georgia's offense did not go really swimmingly against Clemson. But in this game against Arkansas, we talked about it, Brent, yesterday on Tuesday on UGA Sports Live. These Razorbacks have some belief, and that yeah. goes a long way in football, even at the level that you're coaching or at the level that Bill Belichick coaches. Yeah, belief you know, and belief in yourself and belief in your environment, your atmosphere, your coaches – like even some of the, even even at the NFL level, by the way, I saw an interview that Austin Eckler did running back for the Chargers. Like he's talking about how much belief they have in their coaching staff right now with the new coaching staff that they have. It matters. It straight up matters. And, and Coach Pittman has done an insane job of getting that belief where it needs to be in a hurry. And again, you can watch Georgia versus Arkansas with uh, Coach Don and myself riding to Bolsey on this same YouTube channel or Facebook page. It's the UGA Sports Watch Along show presented by Athens Ford and Bud Light Seltzer. It'll be here at about 1145 on Saturday. We have a great time. I think we'll have a great game and come join us for that as well. All right, let's move around the league to some other games, guys. The other noon game, and we will get to the big one in the SEC, but we're going to go in order uh, from this point, especially since we knocked out the big one with Vanderbilt and UConn. The other noon game of the conference, Tennessee at Missouri. Coach, th this is kind of a, a defining game for where the seasons could go for these two teams. Yeah, I mean, both of them looking for the uh, Tennessee's got to stop uh, beating itself so much. Just so many stupid penalties and uh, just lineup problems, all the things that happen when you have a new team and you're trying to go fast on top of that. This is a kind of a homecoming for Josh Heupel. He was the offensive coordinator there for two years and really did a good job running that Missouri when he was out there. They never were quite the same after he left. Uh, you know, he had Drew Locke for a year and uh, did a good job with him. I think uh, Missouri's defense, to me, is just a really bad-looking group right now. They can't stop the run at all. And, uh, you know, just got pummeled by a, a pretty good Boston College team. But their offense showed up and did a good job. You know, Batty's a good back, and the quarterback's got a good percentage. I think this could be a game if either team turns the ball over and gives each the, the other team some looks that, you know, easy scores. But uh, both teams fighting for identity. Both teams with relatively new coaching staffs. you got a whole new defensive staff at tennis – at uh, Missouri, um, you know, I just can't wrap my arms around this game. I've tried to study it a little bit this morning and look at the uh, so-called facts about both teams. But what about it to you, uh, Doc? What do you think? I think both these teams are kind of living on Tulsa time myself. They just can't figure out what they want to do. Very much so. And when in doubt, what does Vegas say? It's a three-point Missouri spread. 
basically they're equal. They're giving the three points to the home team. And, and when you think about it, Missouri hasn't given up fewer than 24 points in a game. Both Hooker and Milton have less than a 60 passing grade. So this is, you know, for a Tennessee team, this is a get right game from a quarterback standpoint, get some rhythm uh, from, for your quarterback. Uh, but it's which team actually can pick itself up after a very physical game a week ago. Because Boston College was a physical game, run for almost 300 yards on them against Missouri. Florida, up and down the field, a lot of lots of rushing yards against Tennessee. So which team can pick itself back up? And in the end, you know, does the home home crowd and home field advantage matter for Missouri? I think so. What kind of rushing game can Tennessee muster? What do you see? I mean, they don't even try to run it, do they? And they haven't much, but what's it? Watching their backs, like I actually think their backs have a little bit of something. It's just a matter of consistency, and you know, as with always, when you go fast, you have to get first downs to really be efficient and be able to do the things that you want to do. And they just haven't been able to do it in the passing game to con continuously move the chains. You know, Tennessee. Uh, we'll leave this to our almighty emperor up there, Dane. Uh, pick the game. Neither one of us can because. We're both uh, perplexed right here. We don't know what to do. Well, you know, one of the things, and I just mentioned this about like knowing now, maybe we didn't know early in the season or things that we thought we knew not being true. If you take Missouri and Tennessee and Mississippi State and Auburn, maybe South Carolina, Kentucky, I mean, there's probably eight teams in the SEC. You throw them in a bag, any combination of who plays who, and I don't know what the heck could happen. I think any of them could be any of them on any given day, and I think that's kind of what we're experiencing here with this game. If you force well, I, me to pick, which it sounds like you are, yeah, I'll go with Missouri. Hey, not so fast, including Auburn and South Carolina and Vanderbilt in that group. I mean, uh, Auburn right now, we're going to talk about them here in a minute, but uh, – but certainly I think that's – you got the home Mizzou Tigers, you know, it's going to be – they're going to get that fight song, get those golden girls out there. We used to tell our, that uh, band director, we want you to be out here when the other team comes out because we want those girl, golden girls in the other team's end zone because they can't concentrate. I mean, you talk about some good-looking girls and really construct their stuff for those bonds and everything – I mean, some guys broke their necks looking at these girls when we used to be in the <laughs> It was unbelievable. Coaches, too. I mean, other people. <laughs> now we're learning the secrets. Yep. Right. Columbia, Missouri. That's how it goes. All right, let's go ahead and get to it. Uh, the big game of the week in the SEC. And I know a lot of Georgia fans will say that's Georgia and Arkansas. Well, CBS said differently. They get the first shot, and they chose number 12, Ole Miss, at number one. Alabama, 3.30 Eastern time, 2.30 Central. We know all the storylines with Lane Kiffin and Nick Saban, but they don't play, Coach. So who is playing on these teams? Yeah, hey, Lane Kiffin's gotten interviewed more this week than Shane Beamer because, you know, he interviews a lot. So I've seen him on just about every kind of, uh, uh, you know, anything you can see. But here's the thing about it to me is – I just don't – everybody's talking about how are you going to stop this offense? What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do defensively, uh, Mississippi, against this Alabama offense? I think that's the big question. I think Alabama can at least get some stops and make a pun and, you know, cause some problems. I don't know because of the people that they've played to this point, Austin P, Tulane, uh, Louisville, they've just not – their defense has certainly improved. 
And, you know, Alabama's played against an Ole Miss offense. It's been good. Not like all of a sudden that Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy's come in here and their offense is really golden, you know, really strong. I mean, it was very good under Rodriguez and those other guys uh, when, uh, you know, Corral was a freshman. I mean, they moved the ball up and down the field on, on Alabama that year. So I think the big key in this game, can Ole Miss defense get any stops? Any. And I don't know if they can. So I'm going roll tight in this game, and I'm going roll time big. I think they got a chance. They just got way too many players. That's amazing because guess what I'm going to do, Coach? I'm going to go the complete opposite way. Whoa. <laughs> go for I it. I think, hey, I said last week, this to me, this feels very 2019-ish to me. We're just that elite-level offense rides its wave on the SEC West and maybe get enough defense, enough defense. I mean, Ole Miss put 48 on Alabama last year, but what you think about – their- No Burrow-like, is that what you're talking about? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, you know, and we get to see the offense versus the defense. Don't, don't think as quick as me and you. So when you say 2019-esque, are you talking about Ole Miss or LSU type? Uh, basically, Ole Miss being the new LSU uh, in a way and, and for this season, and because that's right now, let's write that down because that's that's a very vivid comment that I'm going to hold you to. And if you get it right, <laughs> you're going to be Karnak the magnificent. I mean, that's one of the all timers because uh, I just don't see that myself. But maybe I'm wrong. Well, you know, one of the things last about last year's game against Alabama, I think in that game. Alabama got like every yard it could possibly get except for like 30. Like they had the ball, they got they scored it was they had 63 points they scored every time. I think there was only like 30 yards more that they could have gotten uh, that they didn't get. But I think this year it's I think it's just Alabama I think their defense is good. I don't think it's great and I think Ole Miss is going to do what they want. I think Alabama's going to is not as good offensively as maybe we, we think. And, and like last year, Najee had two, over 200 yards against Ole Miss. I don't know that they have that back this year. And I think Ole Miss they goes in. I think they, they get the victory. And we're talking about them in an LSU-like fashion next week. Well, here's the thing that, that I don't see. I don't see a tight end like they had last year. That guy got almost 300 yards in the game. And uh, I'm talking about Ole Miss. But here's the thing that I would think, even though we saw poor tackling by Ole Miss last – I mean, Alabama last week against Florida. But – you know, they're not a run-first quarterback like Florida. I mean, uh, Matt Corral it scrambles and all that. But, you know, uh, you got to figure that Nick and his staff have been working on this game since the last year. And, uh, you know, they're playing there at, at – uh, right there in uh, Tuscaloosa and all that. So, really, uh, one of us is going to be really wrong here. And it's yes. going to be either the old coach or you. So, I yep. would think that more with your confidence level, I'm probably going to be wrong, and that's going to really hurt my feelings, and I'm going to go in a fetal position because I don't think Ole Miss is anywhere near as challenging to this Alabama team as Florida is. Brent, if you're right, it's going to mean that Matt Corral is one of the best players in the history of college football. That's what Joe Burrow was, but it wasn't just Burrow. You think about the talent that was around that LSU team, and it all just came together. First round of running back in Clyde Edwards Alaire. I don't see that at Ole Miss. You got what three first or second round receivers when you're talking Justin yep. Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Uh, who am I forgetting there? 
Uh, well, he's been thinking Terrence about Marshall. This, this guy stayed out on limb for us, and I really admire him. I, I know the fans that Ole Miss fans, they're probably getting the conga line around there and telling Lane about He'll probably want to text you and say, hey, you're my man. <laughs> I Come mean, to the SIP. Come to the SIP, he, t- he tweets out. It's the exact opposite of Michael Wilbon. I mean, Wilbon <laughs> got after him pretty hard. But, hey, uh, Lane is a really good coach. But I would just remind the fans here, this isn't Lane and Nick playing. We'll see how it goes. I just Two. think we're going to see that Alabama running game surface Saturday that we haven't seen all year because they're going to line up and mash these guys. In 2019, LSU – at Alabama, 46-41. Right. 2021, Ole Miss, at Alabama, 45-42. All right. <laughs> you heard it right here on Around the, the League. I, and it, 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 I'm it, confident it, there. Whoops. <laughs> hey, it didn't go around the world because of that kind of statement there. I mean, that's one thing about my boy. He, he comes out of – you know, he's from West Virginia, and he likes to sometimes get the Hatfields and McCoys out. We're going to have it here, so – Hey, you know, that, that's a bold statement. I, I really like your confidence in, on that. That's good. I, I'm going to play Switzerland and say I, I could see it going in either of those directions. I think <laughs> it'll be a close game uh, because I do think Alabama has issues running the ball. And, Coach, I, I don't see the running back there, even with those great offensive linemen, even with Evan Neal bowling people over. I, they struggle to run against Florida. And I don't think Florida's defensive front, while it's really good, it's not top five in the country or anything. It's not, but it's better than Ole Miss. I mean, you know, Ole Miss hadn't – I mean, we'll – hey, this is why we we need to tape this thing and put it in the archives because <laughs> one of us is going to be lower than well manure after this pick. Let's go. Probably me. Probably that, me. That's the beauty of YouTube, automatic archiving, so we don't have to work on that. It's yeah. here for, for as long as this channel yeah, I exists. To, I want you to pile it on me, but I won't, I won't get on you too bad because uh, I don't want to make you feel bad, so – Good fun. What do we got next? Uh, next game also at 3.30. Not going to get near the ratings that Ole Miss Alabama will, but it's on the SEC Network. The Troy Trojans going to South Carolina, a critical game for the Gamecocks, Brent, if uh, if South Carolina is going to find a way to bowl eligibility. Another fun belt versus the SEC game. I mean, Georgia State popped in it last week against Auburn. Can, can uh, Troy do it against South Carolina this week? Uh, possibly. South Carolina, hung, I will say they actually hung in there with Kentucky. Uh, to me, the only pl- like player that's actually doing something and, and worth watching right now for South Carolina uh, is Enig Bear, the defensive end. He has the n- number one pass rush grade uh, in the SEC and just a sort of first round top fifteen type pick looking that way. But uh, can Alabama or can South Carolina survive? You know the fun belt. Mm, we'll see. Here's the thing about South Carolina. Last week, the, the, that's their chance to win create turnovers, get field position, but they couldn't cash in and score when they had the ball in Kentucky's end of the field like they needed to. This uh, Troy team uh, is very good at stopping the run. I mean, less than 100 yards a game all year. So they're going to challenge this team and force Doty. I think they're being real careful with Doty, really putting him on the edge, letting him run. And he's kind of – their pass protection looked awful last week uh, with him dropping back. Maybe they – Feel like if he rolls out, he might get hit too much, but he's getting hit either way. So uh, this is a critical game for the Gamecocks. So, I mean, for them to have any chance of getting to a bowl, they got to win this game. They got to beat Missouri. They got to beat Vanderbilt. And they got to beat Tennessee. If they can do that, they can make a bowl. If they don't, 
they lose this game to Troy, they got no chance because I don't see them winning for us uh, uh, against the schedule they got. So, uh, again, uh, a lot of pressure on them too. You know, the fun belt, like you say, they're going to come in there. This is a chance for them to, you know, make it, make their move. And Chip Lindsey, the uh, coach there, has had a lot of SEC experience coaching at Auburn. Uh, excuse me, I think South Carolina got a chance against Auburn too. Anybody chance against Auburn. <laughs> you know, one thing I learned in covering a lot of the high school teams and local TV and then even some of the stuff I've done for rivals now, a team like Troy and then a team like, let's say, uh, Auburn or South Carolina, since, since you just mentioned those, Coach, they have a lot of the guys from the same high schools, right? And so when I would watch those high school games, sometimes the guy that impressed me more just with my naked eye was the guy that ends up at Troy right. or the guy that ends up at Chattanooga. And the reason that they end up there is because maybe they're four inches shorter than the other guy or maybe they're not quite as fast. But for whatever reason, they're gamers too. And so I like I will see a guy that's in the Sun Belt in high school dominate a guy that's on his way to the SEC. That does happen. And so I, I'm not saying that's going to happen in this game, but with South Carolina struggling so hard to score points, I do think Troy's got a good shot to pull the upset in this one. Very much so. No question. They did. No question. Let's uh, take a break for a second to tell you about our friends at Connor Grading and Landscaping. They're based in Monroe, Georgia. I tell you about them every week here on Around the League. They do such great work in people's yards in Northeast Georgia. What I love is that you come up with ideas of saying, hey, this is what I have in my head. Can you make it work? And then Mike Connor and his team, they come out and they say, yeah, we can make this work, but here, here's a way that we can make it a little better, or here's a way that maybe it's a little, a little more economical for your situation right now. And, and look, with, with the rain that we've had in certain areas of Northeast Georgia lately, uh, you need to make sure that you got the proper drainage for your front yard so whatever work is done doesn't have to be re redone later. These are the guys to help you do it. They can help move earth. They can come up with great ideas. If you uh, want a, a par three uh, course in your backyard, if your backyard's that big enough, go ahead and call them up and see if they can make that happen. Uh, if it's a smaller project, they can do that as well. Brent, you've got firsthand knowledge that came out to your house. You said you're probably going to call them again early next year. Yeah, very much so. Great work they do. And even in expanding, expanding into that sort of backyard oasis, whatever it is that you have, putting greens. And I saw, you know, on their Facebook page recently, a massive putting green that they've done. So a little bit of everything from start to finish uh, that Connor Grading and Landscaping can provide. There you go, Coach. You say you want to get back into your golf game a little bit. You need to get your little yeah, putting I mean, green I in the backyard. Room. I got room for a putting green there behind the, my wall. But uh, my putting is something that never I'll never lose that. I mean, uh, if I if I go out there and lose my putting, I'll definitely quit. I mean, I came out of the womb putting. <laughs> well, we can't guarantee that if uh, Connor Grading and Landscaping builds you a putting green, that it'll help your putting, but we can guarantee that it'll look good and it'll be uh, sustainable and your neighbors will look at it and say, who did that? Because I want them to come do something in my house. Go check out their Facebook page for some of their latest products. Again, that's Connor Grading and Landscaping. Uh, based right here in Monroe, Georgia, Northeast Georgia area. Six o'clock on ESPN, the number 10 Florida Gators with a sneaky little road game that's not getting much buzz against Kentucky. Brent, Kentucky has been disappointing to me, but this feels like a little scary situation for the Gators. Very much so. And, you know, Kentucky's been sort of, I think, existing. Now is this, can they do a little more than exist uh, that they have this past few weeks and really uh, become explosive? Because last week against South Carolina, their passing game was non-existent. Wandell Robinson, they only had, I think only had two receptions over 10 yards. 
just, you know, can they get back to that? But for me, you know, what the interesting thing about this game is what the injury to Anthony uh, Richardson, the, you know, the backup quarterback for Florida, what his hamstring tweak or whatever it did, did for Emory Jones from a confidence standpoint over what he's done over the past few weeks, it's, I think it's actually helped their team. And now Emory, like when you look, his running is a legit threat in terms of non uh, running backs. He has the highest rush, uh, rushing grade of all, among all non, non-running backs uh, in the SEC. You know, his in terms of uh, yards per contact after attempt, yards per carry, all those metrics that you see, he is at that guy, and, and his running ability is giving it. Now, will he, will he get consistent in the passing game? You saw that a little bit against Tennessee last week. He was 21 to 27. I think he had 70, almost 80% adjusted completion percentage. So, you know, if they can get cons- just consistency and be efficient in the passing game, their running game with him as, a, as the as the sort of quarterback in a way, uh, obviously, but as the director of the running game, it, it's lethal. Coach, thoughts on the Gators and Kentucky? May have had a little internet freezing issue there yeah. for a second with Coach. So uh, we'll c- come back to him in just a minute. Uh, here's what I'll say about Kentucky, though, Brent. I, they've got a better offensive line than what they're showing with the run game. So I don't understand why with, you know, he was the SEC leading rusher heading into last week, why they're not pounding the ball more. Maybe they're trying to institute this new philosophy, but the way mm-hmm. to beat Florida, you got to get those kind of dirty yards. Yes. Give yourself third and manageable. And when you look at number of 10-yard runs, Chris Rodriguez is first in the SEC. You know, hope to see a lot more of that if you're a Kentucky fan this week. By the way, guess who's second? Who? Emory Jones. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of missed tackles forced, up there, Chris Rodriguez. Third in the SEC, Emory Jones. So, you know, the running games are going to be on prime display in this game. And in terms of from a timing perspective, uh, this game is, might be one where because of that, it's over a little quicker than, than many games because of how, how well and how, you know, how much the running game is a part of what these teams do. Overall, I'll say this, and I know this is probably an easy thing to, to say. It's a must-win game for Florida for all the, the season goals. You can't lose this Both and teams. overcome that. But, I mean, realistically, I don't think either of us think Kentucky can, you know, run the table to be set up undefeated against against Georgia at that point, you know. Um, oh, they, got, they, got, they got LSU, I think, next week, uh, and then it is Georgia. So, you know, never you never know. And he's back. Coach, your internet came came in and out just in time for the Gators. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was hoping I would miss that Gator because I didn't want to give him any love, but I got to give him some. First of all, I want to give the defense some love because uh, they just look like uh, they really got a pretty good plan right now. So we'll see what's going to happen against this Kentucky balance attack. But uh, they just seem, you know, a lot more confident. They do a good job rushing the passer, uh, did a good job against Alabama after the first quarter. So defensively, they're not giving up a lot of big plays. But on offense, I think I heard the first part about what uh, what we were talking about uh, easily. Uh, With Emory. Emory. Emory Jones has got that level of confidence knowing a lot of times when you know you're the guy – there's a lot of difference when there's a guy behind you and you're worried about, is he going to come in? Well, with the guys in, being injured, he said, look, I got to take the ball by the horns. There's my chance he's not going to play. I got to do what I got to do. And he's he's got the really good feel for the run game. And I think 
Coach Mullen's doing a good job using him uh, to that effect because he's so quick reading blocks. I mean, if you just get a tie there when a guy when a guard pulls, he knows when to cut inside, he knows when to go outside, and he's uh, very hard to tackle. I mean, you can't get him down. So not so much that he's powerful; he's just so quick. So and he's got the threat of their pass too. They haven't thrown as much as they probably need to, but uh, against some teams, but. You know, when you're getting 300 yards a game rushing now, I mean, that's strong. I mean, and certainly they, they got that potential. Playing at Kentucky, uh, you know, the last time they went up there, uh, they had that tragedy to uh, Franks, and he went down, and, uh, you know, Trask comes in there. And so uh, we'll just have to see. But uh, unless Kentucky gets a little more confidence on offense, I think they're going to have a hard time keeping up with this Florida Gator team because they can really – do a lot of stuff to hurt you. And uh, you just can't gear in on stopping the run because they got some great play action passes. So I'm going to go as much as I hate it. I'm going with the Gators on this and I think they'll cover that eight points. Safe to say coach that the winner of this game becomes the, the number one contender in the East to Georgia. Well, from the Florida standpoint, they lose another game that they're down two. Kentucky be undefeated. So that Georgia Kentucky game in two weeks will be, probably for all the marbles, you know what I mean? It's just going to be uh, – because Kentucky's, you know, got some tough games left, but nothing like uh, we do. You know, we got to still play Florida. So this is kind of an elimination game for Florida. If they lose, really puts them behind the eight ball, and they still got to go to LSU. 7 o'clock on the SEC Network, uh, another interesting matchup to me. Mississippi State, after trying to come back against LSU and not quite making it, goes to College Station, uh, 15th-ranked Texas A&M. Brent, we need to see more from, I, I think, the offense at Mississippi State. They've been holding teams, at least recently, and now maybe LSU's offense is not one to, to, to measure up against like this, but it's not like the Aggies are scoring a lot of points either. No, and this is you know, both teams kind of struggling a little bit. And obviously, AM's was because the quarterback got hurt. Their starter got hurt. Calzada comes in. He's a 50% career passer. Well, guess what he's been this year? A 50% passer, you know, five big time throws, five turnover worthy plays. So basically just average. And, and so, you know, and we talked last week about can Anaya Smith, Jalen Weidermeyer actually get involved in the offense? Well, guess what? They had all of three, three catches for 53 yards against uh, Arkansas. So, until they get those two guys involved, get back to what their identity was, which is Isaiah Spiller and A-Chain in the running game, a and is going to struggle. Uh, Mississippi State, can you do something not in the fourth quarter? Can you play the first three quarters of the game and, and you know not just make it very interesting? I mean, they won a game late, late in the fourth quarter. They almost come back and beat LSU. But still, like, hey, there's, there's the first three quarters exist too. It's not just the fourth. Uh, but both of these – because of the – one, Mississippi State, just the overall talent. But two, Texas A&M and its quarterback situation, you know, I, it's it's going to be a struggle for these guys until they get consistent play from the rest of their team and then also uh, the quarterback for the A&M. Yeah, here's the thing that I, I this really made me scratch my head last week. Spiller makes that long run uh, against Arkansas, and then he doesn't touch the ball the rest of the game. Somebody's got to help Jimbo and tell him on the sideline, hey, Coach, uh, Let's don't forget Spiller. He didn't. Did he go over to Jerry Jones' suite there uh, for and uh, get something to eat? And I mean, seriously, uh, that, that's bad. Uh, particularly when you got a quarterback that's struggling like Calzada. And I think the thing that's happened so much, 
we are out here in Athens, Georgia. Can you imagine over at A&M and throughout the state of Texas and, and throughout that uh, whole region, everybody's telling this kid about how bad he is. You know what I mean? And, and, and the team's listening to that. He's not that bad. He's inconsistent. He's not Haynes Keen. He's not um, Kevin Mond from last year, but he's, he's good enough if everybody else plays good. And the problem is they're not. They're not doing as much defensively, not creating turnovers. Uh, they're struggling as a team. They wanted to be a team that was going to challenge Alabama. You know, last year they lost one game. This year they're having a hard time challenging anybody because their offense just doesn't look in sync to me. So they're going against a Mississippi State team that's hard to move the ball on. They run they run all those different looks and, and really confuse you to a lot like Arkansas did last week for AM. Uh, AM couldn't get any consistency. So I think this is the identity bowl. Which one of these teams can get some kind of offensive identity to score enough points against both teams that have good defense? So is, is the offensive identity running spiller and, like you say, getting the ball to these other guys? Or is it, you know, going to something different? I mean, and for Mississippi State, underneath passes, I mean, how many can you throw? 150? I mean, that's what they do every game. So uh, I don't think this game – is a game I could pick. If you if you gave me a million dollars, I couldn't pick it. I just don't know. The only thing that's going to help them is the twelfth man. And I tell you right now, the twelfth man is about eleven and a half because they're not too fired up about these Aggies right now. I mean, except those guys that had have a few pops for the game, you know. And uh, I, I just think the Aggies are are not anywhere near what I thought they'd be. Yeah, if you gave me a million dollars and said you had to bet it on this particular game, I'm putting half on each side. <laughs> <laughs> hedge, hedge that bet. Yeah. Hedge that bet. Uh, Brent, I, I, last week I kind of caught you off guard with some uh, stats, and this is not a lot of stats, but I, I will throw this question at you. Jimbo Fisher has now coached in 40 games at Texas A&M. So 40 games for the Jimbo Fisher era. What's his record in 40 games? 29 and 11. Bingo. Do you know what Kevin Summons was you know, for his first 40 games? Because I saw the exact tweet, I think, that you're talking about. Yep. Because they were talking about his extension. It was the same. Yeah. Exact same. For both. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Give him that's the only reason I knew that. Give him another year. Yeah. Uh, I'm saying that's a lot of money to get pretty much the same results, is what yes, I'm saying. Very much so. So I'll be curious to see how Texas AM brass feels about that. I mean, end of last year, they, they had a lot of headlines and they were thinking they were kind of on the tail end of college football playoff contention. Doesn't look that way right now. Not the way that they played against Arkansas. Uh, we've already talked about UConn and Vanderbilt, so if you missed it, scroll back to the beginning of the show. And, um, you know, we went on for, for 40 minutes. No, we didn't, uh, and we're not going to. Uh, UConn Vandy's at 7.30 on ESPNU. Final game of the night in the SEC, 9 o'clock on ESPN. 22nd ranked Auburn, who coach says anyone could beat them on the field. We'll see if that's the case. Against LSU, historically, Coach, Auburn does not win in Baton Rouge. Yeah, I mean, uh, Auburn's 22nd. What's uh, Is LSU in the top 25? They're not. No. Mm. <laughs> no, I'm not just getting on Auburn because of their uh, loss, almost loss to Georgia State. I give them a lot of credit for coming back and winning. I mean, they blocked the kick. And they did what they had to do. That would have been one of those losses that you just never overcome as far as just on your resume. But 
Uh, Auburn just looks to me out of sync defensively, way too many easy plays. I mean, they did a little better. If Georgia State would have known, hadn't have known who they were playing, they would have won that game easy. They were so afraid they were going to win that they started really, you know, kind of tensing up there in the, in the fourth quarter. But, uh, you know, the big thing we'll ask, you, you know, uh, who you think the quarterback's going to be. Uh, and then I'll let Doc pick uh, this team. Uh, you saw what, what Vanderbilt was like as far as their defensive shambles. This is a team very much got the same defensive coordinator as the Vanderbilt head coach the couple, last couple of years. Just seems to have a hard time uh, getting them lined up. So we'll have to see. But unless LSU really turns the ball over, and I just don't see any way that uh, Auburn's going to win this game. But they could if LSU uh, messes around and gives them something. But uh, – this, this team right now is not very talented. They're ranked 14th in recruiting right now in the SEC for next year. I don't see a lot of hope for this Auburn Tiger team right now. Do you, Brent? Not much and not much until they get a whole lot more out of Tank Bigsby. They did the first two games, but obviously they played basically borderline scrimmages uh, the first two weeks. But you look at – I mean, he's their best offensive player. And whether it's in the running game, I mean, he's less than four yards a carry over the past two weeks in the running game. Find a way to get him involved in the passing game. On the season, he has three catches on five targets for 25 yards. Get your best player the ball any way you can. Screens, flares out of the backfield, get some moving, motion him out, getting some one-on-one. Uh, we might get the TJ Finley versus former teammate Max Johnson uh, in this game. But, you know, I think this game to me, very much parallels uh, Missouri and Tennessee earlier. Two really, you know, average to above average, slightly above average, more more so average teams. And the Vegas is giving the three points to the home team. Like it's a it's a coin flip game. Who turns the ball over? Who doesn't? You know, when you look at LSU, can can Auburn actually get pressure on LSU? LSU's you know, Max Johnson's been under a lot of pressure this season uh, and has turned the ball over when he's been pressured. Auburn actually has four players with at least ten total quarterback pressures. By the way, Georgia has zero uh, you know, in terms of context, right? You got to put always got to put things in context, opportunities. Uh, but you know, I, whichever team turns the ball over loses this game. It, it's just they're two similar to average teams. We don't have any guys to put any pressure on the quarterback. Well, we've got plenty. We got plenty. Oh, we got plenty. I'm just talking about opportunity. That just when you give context to that, there's way more opportunities for you know some of these other oh, teams. Okay. All right, I got uh, so you. so the data so the data can come sometimes look a little different. Yeah, well, you can you can take all the data you want and stick it over there and send it in a Western Union. But I just think Harson's got his feel about how he wants to coach that team. Uh, he, you know, that's his choice. I mean, he's coming in as team, and uh, but I just think right now they uh, they got a long way to go. They could they could turn it around this week, but. They better get a little bit better because somebody's coming to town next week that likes to get after their ass. And I think I know most of the people that are on that team. And they, they live in area code 30606, and they wear red and black, and uh, they're ranked number two in the country. So uh, that's going to be a big, tough game for the Auburn Tigers next week. A couple legacy programs are seeing subpar quarterback play, and the student sections at those programs are letting them know about it. When Auburn students were saying pretty much you need to bench Bo Nix and bring in TJ, 
that I mean, that's surprising for a guy that's been a starter as long as Bo has. And then we saw the same thing at Oklahoma when the student section there was saying, you know, we they want to see the back of quarterback. We want Caleb, I think, is what they said. Yep. And mm-hmm. so yeah, he's got a legacy, though. He's from out of Pennsylvania. He's from out in. No, I'm just saying that programs that historically are really, really good, and especially these two that tend to have pretty good quarterback play, um, yeah. fans are getting impatient with bad quarterback play. That's what I'm saying. I think the, re- the reason you start Knicks is if you don't, you're basically telling your whole team, here's a guy we built our whole team around in our, our spring ball and everything, but we're going to make a change right now. Hey, let him start the game, see how he does. And, he, you know, the kids have confidence in him. See if then bring uh, Finley in because you know Finley probably do better coming off. Don't you think, uh, Brent? Yeah, and he's actually graded out really well and and did last week uh, against uh, Georgia State in the time that he was there. A lot of throws, a lot of deep down the field throws. Obviously, they had to given the situation they were in. But you know, lots of what's the phrase? If you if you you have two, you might not necessarily have one. And here's the thing: you're coming back and going against your buddies. You're coming back into your home state, you're, you know, right where you grew up. And who would ever thought that you last year you played as a starting quarterback against Auburn, and now you're the quarterback against LSU? Not very often does that happen. So uh, it's going to be an interesting scenario. But we got a lot of things going on here uh, this week. And uh, I mean, uh, I'm pretty much uh, discombobulated talking about it. There's so many facts and figures, but uh, I'm still trying to wrap my hand around uh, this. Uh, Mississippi team being the the next juggernaut. So we'll see. The other thing about that, Brent, is think about some of the defensive backs that LSU team had. Hey, I am. I'm not saying anything about uh, uh, Miss Ole Miss's off uh, defense. They, well, they've improved they, a little bit. They, to, to be what LSU was, you have I to think Ole Miss is going to outscore Alabama. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Here's the thing about it: for a guy to step on the bandwagon like that. Uh, takes a lot of guts, man, and you really, that's why you do all this research and everything. But uh, and hey, I might look like an idiot next week. I mean, you won't. I mean, hey, you won't. You won't at all because they're gonna. They're, they got a really good. But uh, I just don't think that that. Uh, fortunately enough for me, maybe I'm unfortunate, but I just don't think Nick's gonna do all that stuff to him. Maybe they will. Maybe they, maybe they can, but. Um, my my pick in this game is Alabama's going to do enough defensively to stop them, and Ole Miss is going to be in fetal position trying to stop Alabama. See, Brent, the play is to wait until after the big win happens, and then you jump on the bandwagon. I learned that because if you remember in preseason, I said DJ Uyunglele is going to cakewalk to a Heisman Trophy. Yeah. You said that. Well, I don't know if I said it that way, but I hyped him up about as much as he could be hyped. And uh, well, yeah, I'm a struggle bus. There's a lot of people getting on Clemson right now. I read this article yesterday where everybody's saying their offense is archaic, uh, doing all this. They're really busting them up. But hey, they got a big, big tough game too. I'm glad we're not having to analyze the ACC. They got BC coming in there, and BC is a pretty good football team. I tell you, Jeff Hatley, you look at Ohio State right now, their defense is in shambles. That guy was a good defensive coach there, and now he's doing a great job at Boston College without his quarterback. His quarterback's down. Uh, you know, they're 4-0. So, uh, you know, they're a real threat uh, to do a lot of things this year. So, uh, But I appreciate uh, the opportunity to get my mind stimulated by my man, Brent, today. I mean, I, I probably – 
won't even be able to go to the restroom and play bingo today. I'm being so excited. This is unreal. <laughs> well, we've got quite a slate of games on Saturday, Coach. I'm, I'm hoping that you'll get your tennis in before then because you've got Arkansas and Georgia at noon, Alabama and Ole Miss at 3.30 if you want to check in on Florida for an hour before you get to A&M and Mississippi State. And then if you're willing to stay up late for Auburn LSU, it is just a boatload of SEC football. I am so glad we're at this point in the season because uh, – this is where it gets a lot of fun. All right, that's been uh, Around the League from UGASports.com. Again, uh, thank you to Connor Grading and Landscaping for sponsoring this show. Uh, there are season-long sponsor, and we really appreciate their support. Support the people who support us at UGASports.com. For Brent Rollins and Jim Donnan, I am Dane Young. This is Around the League from UGASports.com, and we will see you next week.